Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode 22, which we are recording on Thursday, November 1st. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we have a special guest here at the podcast today. If you can hear in the background, Charlene got the most adorable little black kitten, which I think she's going to hold him up to the microphone so we can hear him purring. <laughs> I don't, I don't so know if cute. that'll pick up and I apologize if you're not into animals, but... He's just, he's our little guest today. Yes, he might, you might hear purring noises in the background. He's only three months old, and we believe he was taken away from his mother a little prematurely, and he's been living at the pound with siblings, and he was the last of his litter to be adopted. And you've had him for how long? We've only had him four days. Since Sunday, today is Thursday, so yeah. And... We got him right before Halloween. We still haven't figured out exactly what we're going to name him, but I believe the leading contender right now that everybody in the family seems to agree with is Boo. So I think he's going to be Boo. And he's all black, so <laughs> he's, it's he's a an very all black appropriate name. Mention that too. Yes, we did not set out to get an all black kitten right before Halloween, but. It just, just worked out, worked that out. Way. Yeah. So what are you wearing today besides kitty fur? Besides cat, kitten fur, yes. <laughs> I am wearing my Wicked sweater, which is a sweater by Rachel Bishop. I knit mine in Deve Otuno yarn, which is 100% wool, very warm, very cozy, and it's in a brown and naturals tone. And the Wicked sweater... Let me open up. The Wicked Sweater is a three-quarter sleeve boat neck knit in the round uh, top-down sweater, and it has a kangaroo pocket. Is that what these are called? Yeah, kangaroo pockets? So. Kind of like a sweatshirt pocket on a, found on a hoodie. And it's just a cozy sweater that I wear when I'm cold in the house. And it's not that cold today, but it's raining out, so... It feels like I should be cozy. (laughs) Yes, and our hearts go out to everyone who is suffering through the giant Hurricane Sandy out on the East Coast. We... I was complaining the other day about our rain, and I quickly caught myself and thought, no complaints allowed. We have a little <laughs> bit of sprinkles here, and it's a little bit chilly, and I am grateful for our weather today. Right, right. In fact, we just had trick-or-treating last night, and both Gail and I commented how initially... We piled on the knitwear, and it really wasn't cold enough no. <laughs> for all of it. <laughs> it was in the low 60s at was... night in the dark in Santa Cruz. <laughs> Which, you know, I get cold, but yeah, it, w- it wasn't quite cold enough for all the knitwear we tried to pile yes, on Yes, I went in disguise. My costume <laughs> last night, I was a knitter, and I was wearing one, two, three, four, five different pieces of my knitwear. And I sent a picture to Charlene and I said, can you tell what I have for Halloween? And she did. She said, you are a knitter. My daughter got it too. Josie said, oh, you're a knitter. How cute. <laughs> and one of the details on your Wicked sweater, she has beautiful little cable detailing all around the boat neck and around, oh, yes. is it on the the cuffs of the wrists and is it on the bottom of the sweater too or just on the pocket it's a rib and instead of your traditional knit to pearl to rib it's got the pearls but then where the knits are it's got twisted stitches 
So it looks kind of like a cable. Yeah, yeah. It's very pretty. Yeah. It's a very nice detail on the edges of the sweater, I think. Yeah, I agree. I really like this sweater. And I think if I made another one, I would probably make myself a long sleeve version because I wear this, I end up wearing this one a lot, actually. And I wear it with long sleeve t-shirts, which is fine, but just for variation, I think if I made another one, I might make a long sleeve one. It's super cute. I really like this pattern. I don't know what Rachel Bishop has released and designed recently. But this one is a fairly popular pattern. There are 1,500 wickets currently. Oh, and the pattern's Ravelry. been around for many, many years. Pattern has been around for years. It was released in December of 2006. It is a pay-for pattern available on Ravelry for 650. And what are you wearing, Gail? I am wearing <laughs> my completed Amand vest by Hilary Smith Callis. And I'm guessing her last name is probably pronounced Calais or Calais hmm. because she uses French in her patterns and things a oh. lot. So I'm kind of guessing that I'm mispronouncing. But regardless, love it. I will give you a review of it when we get to our finished objects for the week. But one thing I failed to do when we announced the episode beginning, because I was laughing because it took us three tries <laughs> for me to be able to say episode 22 properly, <laughs> I need to apologize. Big apologies to Julia Trice, the author and designer of the Corazon pattern, which I discussed in our last episode as one of my finished objects. I mistakenly said that there were only charted instructions for the lace motif, and I was wrong. There are written instructions as well. I figured this out because when I was getting ready to put our podcast up live on iTunes two weeks ago, I thought to myself, now Julia is so meticulous, I would be really surprised if she didn't have both written and charted instructions. I thought I looked carefully at the pattern, but I better look again because it's probably my mistake. And sure enough, it was my mistake. Her written instructions for the lace motif are on page one of the pattern so I didn't see them as I should have when I looked at the pattern before I did my review so apologies to Julia there now as of now there are absolutely no flaws with that pattern because that would have been <laughs> the only potential flaw and it wasn't a flaw That's awesome. so again my apologies and again I will review my Amand vest when I talk about FOs so let's move on to what are you stalking actually oh, you have a I want to mention something because I was talking about the shawls from the winter 2012 knit scene. And as I say that, do they really say winter? They really say winter 2012. Yeah. That's but, the, the name of their issues, I think, go by the seasons. Right. But winter 2012 would have oh, started in January of 2012. Oh, true. <laughs> okay. So <technically laughs> or actually speaking. December 21st yeah. of 2012. I don't know. I guess I, it's publications are different. But anyway, my... Oh, what I wanted to mention was that last time I was talking about the sideways shawls that were in this publication. And when I actually got my hands on the magazine, they each have names. I remember in Ravelry, initially one was entered as just being called sideways shawls. And I haven't checked recently. I don't know if that's been corrected since. But the two shawls are actually called the Merging Ripples Shawl and the Sideways Ripples Shawl. And those are both by Kyoko Nakayoshi. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Okay, <laughs> so now our 
Corrections slash updates are complete. Yes. <laughs> so moving on to what are you stalking? What am I stalking? A couple of things. I am stalking a pullover sweater by Andrea Black of Andrea Black Designs, who we have mentioned yeah, before. Yeah, she was the Mary Mary designer. Yes. I love Andrea. She's <laughs> We wonderful. have mentioned her before. And she has a cute little circular knit-in-the-round top-down pullover that can be knit in a worsted or a heavy DK weight as a short sleeve or a long sleeve pullover. And rather than the very common raglan shaping that we see now, it has a circular yoke, which I like. It's basic, but enough of a difference to draw attention, I think. With and the name of that pattern yoke. is Pull Me Over. Right? Oh, yes. Did I not mention that? No. Oh, okay. And it's funny, the reason that (laughs) popped into my head is I know, I've looked at this pattern a million times, I know it's called Pull Me Over, and when you said it's a pullover sweater, I thought, oh, so that's where she got the name for the sweater, because I thought, actually, the name was Pull Me Over, because everybody looks so attractive wearing it, that you would be, you know, cars would be pulling over a hood at you, so that's how my mind works. So, yes, I... I neglected to mention pattern is called Pull Me Over. Sweet little pullover and worsted weight yarn. I don't have a yarn in mind yet, but there are 93 projects on Ravelry currently. So there are lots of yarn ideas. And one thing that I had even thought of is that because of the construction with the circular yoke and the knitting uh, from the top down, you could potentially knit it in two different yarns or even two different colors, which I don't think anyone has done yet, but I'm sure somebody will. And that pattern came out a couple months ago in September of 2012. It is a pay for pattern, $5.50 US dollars. And it looks like there is a knit along currently going on. And she does give yardage for the cap sleeve version and the long sleeve version separately which is really nice thank you andrea Uh, those of us who are attempting to use up stash yarn really appreciate having the yardage called out for the different styles and the different sizes and i can speak to the professionalism that she uses for her patterns i think that the mary mary pattern was excellently written great attention to detail very clearly laid out great schematics great charts because there were a lot of different things happening in that sweater and it was very easy to keep track of all the different elements while you were knitting it Mm -hmm. so big thumbs up from me for andrea black patterns (laughs) that's good to hear on ravelry right 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 that's good to hear and then the second thing i'm stalking you heard about how i was stalking the lucy hat last week so of course that led to just stalking of hats in general occasionally i will just stock a category gail has mentioned that before you mentioned it last week when you were i do that all the time yes and so i have just been stocking hats in general looking for something i am always looking for a garment that has something different about it maybe not just a hat knit in the round but some kind of unique construction or some unique design element something that'll be fun to knit similarly to the Lucy hat. So that's what I'm stocking. Okay, that was it? That's it. Wow, that was fast. (laughs) 
I am stalking two different hohe patterns right now. Lemongrass, which is a pullover, top down with the turtleneck. And I can't decide if I would wear it or not. <laughs> That's the current debate. I keep asking different people and most people are saying, of course you'd wear it. I That's asked my true, husband and Gail. he said, you'd never wear that. So Gail did text me one day just randomly. She said, would I wear lemongrass? <laughs> <laughs> I really want to knit it. It's really, really cute. I just don't know if it would get enough use. I think what would happen is I would wear that around the house constantly. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it would be a sweater that I really wore going out places. Mm. But I think I would wear it, just not necessarily the way most people wear their sweaters. It's, it's an interesting question because as knitters, I think we are drawn, like I just mentioned with the hats, we're drawn to patterns that look fun to us for some reason. Yes. Different construction, fun stitch pattern, great yarn. There's Sometimes we can get drawn to patterns that may not necessarily be, be our aesthetic. Be or, our aesthetic, yeah. be well-matched to our body type. Or our existing or, wardrobe. True, yeah. true. And so it's, it's hard to find that middle ground in that. But I do... I you would wear it. You've been wearing I, pullovers. I have I been wearing my pullovers yeah. every day. <laughs> so I think I actually, I would knit it more tunic length and wear it with leggings mm -hmm. and boots. And mm -hmm. that's what I live in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's high on the list of stocking items. And because it's knit at a loose gauge, I think it won't be so prohibitively warm. Well, especially it's clever. She has little buttons on yes, the side. Yes, I like that. So little can, air vents. Exactly. You can unbutton it if you're getting too hot right. without having to take it off. So very right. clever. That's that's one of the reasons I've been attracted to it too. Yeah, super cute. Okay, and the other hohi pattern I'm stocking is Opposite Pole, which I've talked about on the podcast before. I am casting that sweater on today because I'm having Ooh. a little mini knit along with Knitwit 41 and Edler 007, who I've mentioned on the podcast as my inspirations before. We all three oh, are knitting it, and they already, it was supposed to be a knit along starting today. Both of them have already completed oh. the back panel, and oh, I have only are swatched. You serious? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm already behind. No fair. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, Edler 007 is Inez, and she lives in Germany, so she had a head start on oh, time the rest wise, of us, yeah. but Shannon admitted she started last night. So that is something I'm not only stalking, but definitely casting on. The other things are Aurora Australis, which is a new shawl pattern by Melinda Vermeer. And Melinda actually gifted me this pattern. Thank you very much. She posted an FO in our group and I commented on how pretty it was and she sent me the pattern. So oh, thank you nice. so much. It is a four purchase pattern on Ravelry, $3.99. She knit it in Madeline Tosh Air Light yarn, which is a fingering weight single ply yarn. I have a skein of Madeline Tosh Merino Light in Morning Dove in my stash that is going to become that shawl. So I'm very excited about casting that on. And the other one I'm stalking actively is another pullover. The Golden Hour Pullover by Suvi Samola, who is the oh. one who was the designer of my 5200K 52, yeah. that I knit. Very super cute pullover. Similar to 5200K, but it's knit in sport weight yarn. And it has a cute little design element on the cuffs and the hem. It's also a boat neck similar to 5200, knit from the top down, raglan sleeve shaping, long sleeves. And 
I'm kind of reorienting my stash. I had been the the yarn I would use for this. I had been planning to knit Audrian Unst with it, mm-hmm. but someone recently knit an Audrian Unst in oh, fingering that's right. weight. You me that is that. so yeah. cute. So <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, I have fingering weight I can use for Audrian Unst, and then I can use the Wellwater Madeline Tosh I had set aside for that sweater and use it for Golden Hour instead. So I got really excited that day. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, now I can do this and I can do this and then I can do this and then I thought why don't you finish what's on your needle first before you get out of control with what you're going to knit next? So my stocking was a little bit hyperactive today just because I'm so excited about so many things. So that's what I'm stocking. Now, what are you knitting? Well, actually, you're weaving in ends at the moment. but I am. Last week, you heard me talk about the Lucy hat, which was in that previously mentioned knit scene, winter 2012. And I started that right away because I looked through my stash a few days after we recorded, realized that I had one skein of a yarn, Madeline Tosh Twist DK, that needed a single skein project. Perfect, right? (laughs) So I started knitting that. It's a hat. And I am actually almost done with it. I'm weaving in ends while I was waiting for Gail to arrive. I closed up the top of the hat. The decreases were very quick because it's decreasing every row in a six, what's six, five, five star pattern, which is really cute. I tried it on before I even took the hat off the needles. And, and it is so cute. It was cute. declared cute. Oh my so. gosh. <laughs> it was so cute. I actually laughed out loud. You know, that, that <laughs> sensation you get. Yes, like, oh, it's yeah, so cute. You yeah. start laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So I am weaving in ends now, and then the last step you need to do is tack down the brim. And I was a little concerned because it looked like my brim was so tall that it was obscuring the colored band on one side. And Gail and I checked in the magazine, and yes, that's the way it's supposed to be. And I should mention that my hat is in onyx, which is a dark dark gray almost almost black but there's a little bit of tonal tonalness to it a little bit not a lot and then some leftover madeline tosh vintage in a hot pink called pop rocks and it's adorable the pop of the pop rocks against the onyx is just perfect it is i'm really happy with it and i think it's going to be something that I will end up wearing a lot. I'm already hoping that I have enough left on the skein to make a second one. I don't know why I need a second one already when I haven't worn the first. That's what we always do. But I know, I do. But you know, half a skein of something, you you have to use it for a hat or you have to find something to use it for, otherwise it'll sit there. Super, super cute. I will be casting one of these on (laughs) too once I figure out what yarn I'll use. So yeah, I'm very happy with that. And it, as as I mentioned previously, it started me stocking hat patterns too. So I've been actually <laughs> wearing my hats. Yeah, it's I a took, nice feeling. I took one last night out trick or treating. I ended up taking it off, but I did take one with me. I actually <laughs> wore my nori hat to the gym this morning because it's super chilly, and I was I decided Tuesday morning I teach spin stationary cycling at 6 15 a.m which means you're out of bed early in the dark in the cold and i decided on the way to class i must knit myself a ponytail hat where you can actually (laughs) put the ponytail through a hole in the top 
and stocked those patterns. And then this morning, when I put my nori hat on, it actually fits over a ponytail. Oh, so, it, you know, all the perfect. hairs inside yeah. the hat. So yeah. I don't need to knit a ponytail hat oh, now because my awesome. nori hat works. Okay. That works. That I was works. so excited. <laughs> Sorry to, to take over there. Oh, no. So what else are you knitting? What else am I knitting? Well, I have completed the knitting on my A-line hoodie. Yay. I was hoping to put that in the FO category this week, but I have not made it over to the sewing store. The hoodie part of the sweater has a casing that is stitched down, and then you have the option of putting an I-cord through. But I was thinking maybe I'll just go to the sewing store and see if they have a cord that matches that yarn. Oh, that's a good idea. Like a sweatshirt cord. If they have one, then I might just buy one instead of making one. If they don't have one, I might just knit an I-cord. I haven't really decided, but I am that close with that I thought sweater. you were done. Well, I'm done with the knitting. Okay. I just need to tack that casing down and then put something in it. <laughs> yeah, something inside the casing. Yes. She did try yeah. that on for me last week at the yarn store, and it's really I, I'm cute. I'm really happy with that one. Really, really yeah. happy. It's a very girly, flirtatious take on a hoodie. Especially, especially, especially <laughs> with the pink yarn. Yes, 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 because it's got really nice A-line shaping on the bottom. So there's a little bit of a flare, a little bit of a swing, if you will, to it. Very happy with that. Yeah, and of course now I want to knit one. <laughs> I just can't use the same yarn. Right, right, yeah. right. And then the last thing I am working on is a barely started version of the Dragonfly sweater by Hohi Locatelli that Gail has also knit and has spoken so highly of. And I have started one in some stash yarn that I have had in my stash for, I want to say, five or six years. Wow. Maybe even longer. It's just been sitting there. I really Deep stash. I really liked this yarn. It's an extremely soft merino, very stretchy. In fact, let me grab the label. It's called Merino Stretch. I don't believe it's being manufactured anymore because I think I purchased it as a clearance yarn. Oh, drats. Yeah. (laughs) I think I purchased it as a clearance yarn. It's 44% merino, 43% acrylic, and 13% polyester it looks like so it's actually half acrylic but it's really soft really it nice. doesn't feel like it's acrylic no at it all. doesn't and i can attest i've made a sweater in another color many many years ago and that sweater has never ever pilled ah. <laughs> which is uh, you know unusual for any yarn it seems like every yarn will Eventually, Bill, eventually. Bill, yeah. Maybe I just haven't worn it enough. Maybe I need to look at it closer. I don't know. But anyway, I have made, I'm, I ended up buying a lot of this yarn in this blue color that I have. It's kind of a blue jeans color. And over the years, I have started to pick into my bag of it to make little gifts because it's been in the stash for so long. I keep thinking, well, I've got to use it for something. So I've made cowls and hats for gifts and I still have enough left for a sweater. Wow, that's lucky. That's lucky. <laughs> so it really needed something and I'm really happy to have finally found a project for it. You are gonna love dragonflies. I'm... I think I've worn mine three times this week. Oh cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm happy to have finally found perfect yarn and the perfect yep, project. There you go. Matched them that's up together. It is. 
So how about you? What are you knitting? Okay, currently in my hands at the moment is a softie. This is called the Daphne and Delilah Monster by Rebecca Danger. I've knit this before for my older daughter, and when it's finished, we called it the Tooth Monster because they actually <laughs> look like teeth with roots, and maybe that's unfortunate. It seems kind of unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> when it was done and everybody looked at it and said, oh, mommy, you knit teeth. I was very disappointed because I didn't want them to look like teeth. But, but the I, shape, they kind of do. Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah. I didn't think about it until it was actually finished. And then, yeah, you can see they look like teeth. <laughs> but this version I am knitting in Louette sport weight yarn. And I always want to say Louet instead of Louette, but regardless, it's, it's in Louette. a pink stripe and a cream colored stripe, which this is for my son, Max. And he picked these colors out because on the pattern page in Ravelry, there is one in these colors, and he just thought it was the best thing ever. So we picked the yarn out, I think, last January, and I'm now finally <laughs> casting it on. I have a little bit of an aversion to softies lately because of the fiddliness mm-hmm. of a lot of their parts. It hurts my hands. I feel so the same way. Yeah, this, that's why the yarn sat around for the longest time. They're so cute. They're but, adorable oh. finish, but they hurt to make. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when knitting causes pain. Well, I, I ended up crocheting them a lot yes i've done that too yeah he has a penguin collection right almost entirely crocheted i have a couple of them are knit but anyways this is a very cute pattern very cute finished object not the most fun thing to knit in the beginning because the beginning of the pattern is a little bit fiddly but once you get into the striped body of the little monster creature it's quite easy so that's what i'm knitting as we speak other things I'm knitting, I am still working on my Tejite shawl. No, Tejite. I looked up the pronunciation oh. on our pattern page. It's pronounced Tejite. And what does it mean? Does it did it say? Oh gosh. Oh, I think I'm it sorry. was one of the Muse, <laughs> one of the Muse shawl collections or something like oh, okay. that. So it has significance. I just don't remember. Okay. It's a Rosemary Hill or Rami Hill shawl, which I mentioned on the last episode, so it's still a work in progress. And I'm working on a couple other little things that really aren't even worth mentioning because I don't know if they've hit the status of real projects yet. So I'll wait until the next episode to talk about any further works in progress. Well, and actually later today, a work in progress will be my opposite poles. Right, right. There we go. So what have you finished? What have oh, I? Besides your finishing, actually, oh. <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, that. but it's it's not an actual finished object yet. Oh, that's right. You have to tack down the brim. Still, and still has... One more end to weave. Yeah. She's so, so fast with that weaving in of the ends. So what have I finished? I did finish another preemie cap. This one with a rolled brim. And Gail did, I don't know if you wanted to mention that Gail did call our local yes. Nick Yu. And if you... I did. Did I not mention that on the last episode? Oh, I guess I hadn't yet. I hadn't talked you to mentioned them yet. That's right. in, the, in our, our blog, message our board. Thread. Okay. Yes. So here's the update on preemie hats. I contacted one of our local NICUs, newborn intensive care units, and I contacted the NICU at the Lucille Packard Hospital, which is part of the Stanford Hospital Center. They told me, I spoke to her in person on the phone, and she said they have enough hats to last five years, literally. I wonder how many hats that is. You know, I don't know I don't how know many, either. I'm, I'm curious to know how many babies go through. I don't the know. NICU. I don't know anything. And she yeah. actually said, 
a lot of the babies there are so sick that they don't ever use a hat. Mm. I've heard other NICUs, every single baby gets a hat. So I think each NICU probably has its, it's own different, yeah, standards. Yeah. But she did say they have a need for preemie blankets. And mm. she said any soft fiber, she had no specific fiber requirements, which surprised mm-hmm. me, anything soft. And she said... 30 by 30 or 40 up to 40 by 40 inch square blanket. And wow, she said every big. single baby gets a blanket, hmm. period. So blankets were high on their list. After talking to her, I did more research at, is it careware.org? One of our listeners provided a link. I think it's careware.org. You can double check me in the thread. They have a site where you can actually type in your state and it will list all of the hospitals that accept knitted items in your state. So we have a couple other NICUs that are somewhat local to us that I will be using for sending off the preemie hats. But again, there are a lot of different options in Ravelry and other resources where if you're knitting any kind of charity hat, there are going to be places in your region to send them. So that's the update from our local perspective. So. We are still knitting our preemie hats, but they won't go to the Lucille Packard Hospital. <laughs> They'll go to different NICUs. And it just goes to show you need to check and see what the need yeah, is. Yeah, do your research. Yeah. And yeah. I do have to give a big, huge thank you to Arlene, who is so biz 53 on Ravelry. Because I found out we needed to do blankets for Lucille Packard, I put out a post in another group that I'm active in and asked for recommendations on yarn for knitting baby objects. And she said, I happen to have 10 skeins of yarn and it's, let me reach into my bag here, Cascade brand yarns and it's called the Kaleidoscope DK Cherub Collection. She sent me 10 skeins of this yarn to use for blankets. And thank you again, Arlene. That's the sweetest thing ever. She even paid for the shipping because she wanted to make it her contribution to charity (laughs) knitting. So thank you again, Arlene. You are wonderful. (laughs) Okay. So the second thing that I have finished is a Patsy hat. And who is Patsy, you might ask? Well, this is a Halloween hat. Patsy is a character from the movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And if you have ever seen the movie, there is King Arthur and his band of horseless knights who (laughs) was really a flesh wound. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The horseless knights are traveling the country in search, countryside, I should say, in search of the Holy Grail, obviously. And... King Arthur's assistant claps coconut halves together <laughs> to mimic the sound of horse hooves. I guess so this traveling band doesn't look so pathetic. Well, it's it makes for humor. Look more pathetic. It's for, yes, it's for it's humor. It's a very funny yes. movie. So anyway, my older son and his friend decided to be King Arthur and Patsy. Patsy being the coconut carrying assistant yeah very funny my son was patsy so i made him one of the helmet liner type hats that knights would traditionally traditionally wear under the helm which is a tight fitting with their whole face showing but since they're a band of ill-equipped knights they don't actually have the helms (laughs) (laughs) so he just has the fabric hat and they both wore 
tunics and my son had coconut halves and I put together this hat in a couple days for him and it was extremely successful. Everybody loved their costume. So. Very cute. <laughs> I would like to see pictures of that. I will. I'll, I can show you. And I guess the other thing that I finished, although it wasn't knitting, was the extremely simple down and dirty sewing of the Patsy tunic, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I made during one of the World, the Series, World games. Series games because he, I finally decided I had to do this and I made it out of an old sheet and you know they're supposed to look unfinished and raggedy because they've they're been misfits, on the road yes. and yes they're misfits so I didn't even it was great didn't have to hem it you just kind of make the bottom look very unfinished and so it was really down and dirty and fast. And that's what I have finished. Excellent. What have you finished? <laughs> so I finished a few things. The the quick and dirty ones that I finished, which I'll go through very briefly. I finished a couple of headbands. And I got into that category. I mentioned in our last episode that I wanted some headbands. So I knit two. And pardon the wrinkle of pages as I try to turn <laughs> the pages of my notebook. Well, that's great. Because you were stocking headbands. And I was stocking this hat. And we both went ahead and, and knit them right away. Yeah. <laughs> So the first one, it was a Drops brand headband, which I knit with my leftover Plymouth Worsted Merino Superwash yarn. Great headband. I actually modified it and didn't do as many increases and decreases, and it's perfect. The second one was the XOXO headband by Amy O'Neill Hook, and I used my leftover vintage in, I believe it's charcoal, to knit that super cute cabled pattern across the top to form the XOXO pattern. Those are both free. And I did finish my pink bow shawl that I talked about last oh, week. Yes. My happy, I've happy pink bow it. yarn. Oh, I love it. It's so cute and adorable <laughs> and colorful and happy. And it does literally match almost every single thing in my wardrobe. And even the dark colors in my wardrobe, it just adds that yeah, nice splash nice of bright of color. color. So I couldn't love that anymore if I tried. Now the two more intense or long-term or longer duration things I finished were the Amand vest, which is what I am wearing today. I knit this in Madeline Tosh Erin, E-R-I-N, yarn in the cobalt colorway, which is beautiful blue, as you would guess by the name. Very, uh, It's tonal, not variegated, but tonal. So it's really nice. And I don't know, Charlene, if you can tell. The sweater is interesting construction. It's bottom up. And you do a faux seam down the sides Mm -hmm. with a purl stitch. And then when you're done, you separate for the fronts and the back. And there's a racer back with the braided cable on the back. When you're done with that, then you pick up stitches all the way along the fronts, the back of the neck, and back down. And you knit perpendicularly to finish the front of the vest. And you knit the button bands on as part of that. So it's super cute, super Mm -hmm. easy. It was super fast. It has little pockets, which I did in a contrasting color. It's a gray, just for fun. But I don't know if Charlene can tell, but the different skeins of this yarn, one of them was much, much darker. And I Mm -hmm. wanted that around my face. And having been a good friend of Charlene's for years, I actually think ahead (laughs) with these things now because she has taught me to do that. So I had my skeins of yarn sitting out and I opened them up and looked at them very carefully and decided, okay, I want the darker around my face, so I'm Mm going to save it for the end part of the sweater. So can you tell how much darker that is? I can see it now that you mention it. 
it kind but of looks I, like it's part of the design. I never would have noticed it. Yeah, the knit that part of the sweater is knit perpendicular right. to the rest of the sweater. Right. So one could almost think, oh, well, it's just a trick it of just the looks, eye. Yeah, but it's not. It's a much darker skein of yarn. Yeah, because of the way that the fabric is going a different way, mm-hmm. you, you really don't notice it. I would have never noticed it. But I brought it up just so that all of you listening out there over the years, like I said, listening to Charlene say things like, <laughs> oh, well, look, this skein is a little lighter or a little darker, and I really want it to be this part of the sweater. I actually thought about it before <laughs> I cast on, which is, for me, that's a step in the right direction instead of just... Well, it looks great. Yeah, I yeah. love it. It's Charlene and I were both commenting on how it does button up the front, and it gaps. I don't know if any of you have ever had the experience where you button it, and then it gaps between yeah. the buttons, and it's which not I really gapping, dislike. It's not gapping because it's tight. No, it's... It's just gapping because the fabric falls that way. It's just bizarre. because it's loose. But this is a common problem for my hand knits. So Charlene said she recently <laughs> sewed down the edge. And how clever is that? So I'm going to go home and sew down the edge because I will never wear this open. Yeah. So I'll sew down the edge. I have like the bottom, the bottom button is open and maybe I'd want to wear the top, top button open button, maybe. Yeah. So I will yeah. sew down. The, sew the down. Edge. Yeah, obviously down it's not rest. something you'd ever want to do on a garment you open. Open, exactly. But if it's something that you will not open style-wise or because of the way you wear it, then you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really, really happy with the finished object in general. And let me give you some information about the pattern. It is written for bulky weight yarn, and the yarn she calls for in the pattern is the Cascade Ecological Wool. It's a $5 for purchase pattern, and I did describe most of the construction. Some of the things you will need to know how to do include I-cord bind-off, and I-cord cast on, and she gives great instructions for that in the pattern. Very, very well-written pattern, very thorough. It was tech-edited. And let's see, what else did I want to tell you? It only has 20 projects on Ravelry right now, which surprises me. The pattern includes eight sizes, ranging from extra small to 4XL, which would be a 29-inch bust up to a 56-and-a-half-inch bust. And let's see, she also, some of the other skills you would need, increasing and decreasing, there is very, very minimal increasing and decreasing for the waist, but you do need to know how to make one right, make one left, decrease um, using knit two together or slip, slip, uh, slip, slip knit. <laughs> Again, those are all described in the pattern instructions. There are short rows and wrap and turns because the, the fronts are shaped. So it's as it narrows up at the top of the shoulders, it's very narrow, but it's wider on the front. So similar to a shawl collar, only kind of in reverse maybe Mm -hmm. is how you would describe it. I'm not sure. But you would need to know how to do short rows and wrap and turn, but they are described very clearly. And overall, I think it's an excellent pattern. I would definitely knit it again. The only two things that I didn't like about the pattern are one, she gives all of her instructions in knit for X number of inches or centimeters instead of knit for X number of rows. Mm. And I wasn't keeping good enough track of my rows so that from one side to another, for example, where you do the pockets, one of my pockets is a little bit wider than the other because it said to skip X number of inches instead of X number of rows. So for me personally, I prefer 
instructions that are by row. But of course, if your row gauge was different, I was going to say then that, you have to make sure that exactly. you have exact row gauge. So this way, you just have to remember. To yeah, it's like your rows. pros and cons <laughs> to each method. Yes, but I exactly. personally prefer knowing the number of rows. And then the only other thing I didn't like was actually a personal thing. The pictures in the pattern are very dark, so you cannot mm. see a lot of the design elements. I think I mentioned last week when I was talking about stalking the pattern that I didn't realize the front was knit perpendicularly right. because you the pictures that. were so yeah. dark. Yeah. So that those are just the only two things, and they're not negatives. I shouldn't have said the two negative things because they're both personal preferences for me, but those are the only two things about the pattern that I would tweak a little mm -hmm. bit. Everything else, excellently done. Thank you for a great pattern. The other thing I finished is the Gyre or Gyre cowl. It's spelled G-Y-R-E. That's by Elizabeth Elliott, and it is a four purchase pattern on Ravelry, $5.50. It is designed for Malabrigo Silky Merino DK weight yarn, and that is the yarn I used. This has been on my radar for about a year and a half, and I purchased the yarn when we were at Stitches back in February, mm -hmm. and I finally knit it. <laughs> there, it's a great pattern. It has both a lined and unlined version. I knit the lined version. Either version, the main part of the cowl is color work, very cool swirly-like pattern. If Very you knit nice. it lined, the inner lining is striped. She provides instructions for both lined and unlined, and she uses a different technique slash, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Style along the top. So if you're doing it oh, lined, okay. different she uses like a reverse use. stockinette at the top and bottom. Okay. If you're doing it unlined, she uses I-cord cast on oh, and bind off. Well, right. I liked the I-cord version better, even though I was knitting it lined. Oh, so I modified it, and this. yeah, Gail pulled <laughs> an, an adorable knitting faux pas. I knew when I decided to modify it that I was going to have to pick up stitches for the lining and knit the lining and then tack it down. But somehow, when I... <laughs> When I picked up all the stitches to start knitting the lining, I saw Charlene the next day. And I said, I'm so confused. I picked up all these stitches and now I'm going to have to purl the entire lining. I don't know what I did wrong. It doesn't make any sense. Why would I have to purl it? And she looked at me with a very quizzical look on her face and she said, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. Let me see it. Sure enough, that was just Gail being <laughs> not so intelligent because, of course, I could knit the entire lining. And, of course, I did. I figured out that I just needed to turn my needles around. <laughs> I swear sometimes I don't know what goes through my head. <laughs> Anyways, it Well, you did say that it was late at night, and I could understand that. You get... <laughs> In the light of day, the next yes, day, what exactly. was I thinking? <laughs> What an idiot. <laughs> the resulting cow is very, very cute. It's really cute. Um, it's really, really cute. And we have a funny story about that, too. Oh, it's in my bag. As I pulled it out, we met to have boba tea. Yes. It was a, a little splurge. We yeah. actually took time out of our day, of our week, for an hour. <laughs> it was really fun. And I pulled it out of my bag, and she looked at it, and she said, you're knitting a lined cow? And I said, yeah. And she said, did we talk about that already? And I said... <laughs> No, I don't think so. And she said, oh, I've been wanting to knit a line I, cow. It was just the weirdest experience because she pulled out this double-sided cowl. And I had spent the better part of a couple of days 
figure trying to figure out which pattern I knew one, I know one yarn that inspired this because I want to knit something out of the Blue Sky Alpaca's Techno yarn, which is an extremely soft yarn with interesting construction. It's a chained yarn, but then it has alpaca fluff, not fluff. What's the word? Alpaca <laughs> fiber. Fiber, <laughs> thank you. Alpaca fiber blown into this chained construction. So it's an extremely light, airy yarn. And I was thinking, oh, this would be really nice for the lining of a cowl, but it's also very expensive per skein. So I was thinking, well, for the outside of the cowl, perhaps I'll use a different yarn. And so I had been plan thinking about this double-sided cowl and then here Gail pulls one out of the bag <laughs> and I would swear that we had talked about it, but she said we hadn't. No. I guess I just dreamed up. <laughs> I don't remember. And maybe it's, I'm going crazy, no, but I don't remember no, ever I, talking I guess about it. I don't really remember either. It's just that Gail and I tend to have these synchronous knitting moments it's quite weird. often where this is the perfect example. She pulls out the type of garment I've been thinking about knitting. It's very It was strange. very, very eerie. <laughs> so anyway, the cowl is super cute. The pattern is excellent. It provides a lot of detail, a lot of description. She even <clears throat> includes a lot of instruction for doing barber pole stripes where it's jogless stripes mm. so that you don't get the jog at the end. She uses a three skein technique to do that, which is excellent. And she includes the instructions for the I-cord cast on and bind off, as well as for grafting, because you would graft the I-cord cast on edge to the finished edge and the bottom as well. So great pattern. I highly recommend it. And a very, very pretty finished object. Mm -hmm. object. Definitely. I don't think I'll use the yarn again. Mm. It's butter soft. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly soft. You put the cowl on and it's almost like a triple thickness cowl yeah. because the color work ends up being two That's thicknesses true. of yarn yeah. than the That's lining. Right. So it's very yeah. thick, very warm, buttery soft against your neck. However, the yarn itself is a very, very loose single ply mm. and fibers were flying everywhere <laughs> every time I, I picked it up and it sheds a lot. Even though the colors are brilliant, bright and pretty, and the color work and stripes, it was a perfect, perfect combination for what I knit. But the yarn itself, I just can imagine it pilling like mm. mad and even felting. It felted a little bit on the I-cord mm. yeah. edge as yeah. I was working. So yeah. I don't know if I put it high on my list yeah. of yarns to try again, mm. but it was fun to knit with. Yeah. So we'll see. So that was my long, drawn-out, what have I finished <laughs> section today. Okay. Today we want to talk about a book that we received from Interweave Press or FW Media called November Knits. It is written by Kate Gagnon Osborne and Courtney Kelly. And they, the authors, Kate and Courtney, are the distributors of Fiber Company Yarns. And of Kelborn and Woolens, right? <clears throat> I think Kelborn Woolens is their company, company that distributes Fiber Company. We were trying to find out the connection and we couldn't exactly figure it out. But there are two company names there, Fiber Company and Kelborn Woolens. So my first impressions of this book, I think it is a collection of garments and accessories that is casual. I love that they are all easy to wear pieces that I would reach for day after day. 
I love the way the pieces are styled, which is casual, but very put together. If you look at the cover sweater, which is the burdock cardigan, which I do quite like, it's styled with jeans and a long sleeve t-shirt. The model to me looks contemporary, yet classic. And I think it is a look that would work for a student. It would work for a young mom at the park. It would work for someone my age it would work for my mom you know it would well, I, I think it would that sweater to work yeah exactly I think yeah. it would work for many many situations so and not just this sweater I think the whole collection could be like that what are your first impressions I would agree with all of those and two things I wanted to mention the little tagline on the front of the book is inspired designs for oh, changing good, yes. seasons and I think that's a good encapsulation of yes, it. Yes, it is. And this is also their follow-up book to Vintage Modern Knits which I don't think I've actually looked at in depth before. So this is Kate and Courtney's second book and some of the cool things I liked about it it's edited by Ann Budd, who I trust as mm -hmm. a good, solid knitting design mm -hmm. person. So if she's mm -hmm. editing it, I'm all, you know, <laughs> all over that. Right. And let's see. Okay. Some of my other impressions, great group of designers in this book. Yeah, that's what Very I was just well going to say. Kate and Courtney, I think there's only a couple of, of designs in there that they each designed calling and they call themselves in the introduction somewhere they call themselves rather curators to the collection rather than right, designers to the collection yeah so sorry for interrupting oh no that's perfect <laughs> so the other the cool thing also about the book is the organization yes which you were probably yes. going to get into mm -hmm. next they actually did it in categories farm hands ivy league and southern comfort and there's a little intro to each section and each of them has its own theme and i loved the way they did that because it's not just this big, giant collection. Right. They categorized right. it for us. Yeah. And farmhands, they described as rustic, textured, with earthy colors. Ivy League was classic, New England-inspired, colorful, with color work and layering. Southern Comfort was feminine and cool, vintage-inspired colors, decorative with embellishments of lace and beads. Yeah, that's what I have written down, too. I think I wrote down farmhands... Why copy their texture. words? Oh, okay. <laughs> farmhands, texture, Ivy League, color work, fair isle, stranded, stripes, and then Southern Comfort, lace and beads. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you got it exactly the same words <laughs> they used. And there are 20 patterns in total in the book, including two that are two-piece sets. And as Gail mentioned, most of the designers are known, previously published, recognizable names, yeah. I think. Names yeah. you would know. Yeah. And even though they are of Kelborn Woolens and distributors of the Fiber Company yarns, I expected, as soon as I read that, I thought, oh, it's going to be all fiber company oh, yarns. Right. And it's not. It's not. It's a very I, great it's representation a huge of yarn. range. In fact, I wrote down all the yarns because I think every garment in here is a different, different yarn. yarn. Oh, I didn't look there. That I think so that some of the other yarns used are the Monostel Uruguay, Wool Classica, Imperial Stock Ranch Tracy, Rowan Felted Tweed, and Lima. Let's see, what else? Brown Sheep, Nature Spun Worsted, and then the Fiber Company yarns, including Organic, Canopy Worsted, and Fingering, Savannah, and Road to China Worsted, as well as a few other known yarns in there. There's, but it's all 
different across the board so across the board and across the board all weights too ranging from stock up to uh heavy worsted and also i think the price points are well represented too because yes. some of those yarns yeah. are not what i think of as the more expensive yarns no so i appreciated no. that as well yeah they were taking care i think to give us a very broad range yeah, and I to agree. pick the yarns that did justice to the design instead yes. of having to fit it into a right. specific company right which i, I appreciated, appreciated that yeah. yes very much and so the fun part gail what would you knit? <laughs> ah, so what would I knit from this book? Well, let's do it by category. Okay. So the farmhands category, there are two things I would cast on in a heartbeat. The first one are the thistle leg warmers. I have this thing about oh. leg warmers lately. I haven't <laughs> knit any in years, but I'm going to. This pattern is by Melissa Labar, and it's fingering weight yarn, and some of the design features are cables and great textured patterns. The yarn they used was the imperial stock ranch tracy yarn and we talked about tracy mm -hmm. two yarn yes. in our yarn review a couple episodes ago and again the imperial stock ranch is the provider of the base that is madeline tosh Aaron yarn which you all know i knit with regularly <laughs> and has been discontinued so i know that tracy is in my future the other thing I would knit from the farmhands section is the market jacket by Tannis Gray, which is so cute. It ranges in sizes from 33 and a quarter to 61 and three quarters. And that's one thing I really appreciated about this book. Excellent size ranges. So the knit red book I thought was kind of limited in its sizes. Mm -hmm. This book, not at all. <clears throat> Excuse me. So as far as styling and sizing and everything, I think most individuals who knit will find something in this book that they will like for mm -hmm. themselves which i really like the market jacket itself is knit in a worsted weight yarn she used green mountain spinnery mountain mohair and there are some cable and lace patterns involved on the fronts the sleeves and the center of the back it's a button-up cardigan three-quarter sleeve top-down raglan construction and i would i will definitely knit that sweater it's super cute. <laughs> and that did i say it's by tannis gray you did okay you did and i had that one marked off as well as one that i would quite like and we have mentioned tannis before on mm -hmm. the podcast because she designed a cowl that i quite like from the knit red book yep and the market jacket as gail said just an easy layering top-down cardigan three-quarter sleeves lace panels to add interest um, it has a fold over collar which i think gives it more of a traditional than modern feel but it goes with the lace i like it and they uh, use wooden buttons which i think makes it look yeah. more traditional as well the other one that i like from farm hands is the cover sweater the burdock cardigan written by Maura Kirk and it's the green cover sweater which is knit in a textured star pattern stitch so you can kind of imagine what that would look like and it's all over pattern except for the collar and the hem the sweater is hemmed which is done in stockinette and I quite like that one <laughs> and you know another thing we failed to mention about yarns in general in this book we did talk about how they do a wide representation of yarns I forgot to mention that every single pattern, they list the yarn weight they recommend, along with, and Charlene and I are hoping this is going to become a standard, next to it, they give the number. They use the Craft Yarn Council standard yarn standards. There we go. Which so. I do appreciate, and 
hopefully more pattern authors and pattern publishers will start to use those because it's very helpful. Very, it very is helpful. helpful. And we, someone, I can't remember, sorry, who it was. We were going back and forth in one of the threads in our Ravelry group about a pattern will give you, oh, I used this particular type of yarn, but they don't often say what weight it is. They don't give any further description. Well, this book, every single pattern tells you exactly what yarn they used, what the weight is, they give that standard, and they also give the gauge. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was a very comprehensive way to substitute a yarn mm -hmm. if that's well, what you're planning to do. An example of how that would be useful is in the sweater that you were thinking about knitting, the Hohilo Katali one. Lemongrass. Lemongrass, mm -hmm. which is actually knit in a yarn that when I looked at the gauge on the label, I think it did say 20 stitches to four inches, yet in the pattern it is knit at 13 stitches to four inches. So if you were going to substitute and went and looked for a yarn which was actually marketed at that 13 stitches to four inch gauge, you would end up with a much stiffer fabric than the pattern author had intended for that garment. Yes. Since it is knit, she knits it quite loosely. So that, again, that's a very so good So that, it, yes, that's just an example. of all if, that information. If that information is available on patterns, then you know that you have to look for a certain gauge yarn and not look for the next gauge up. That's just an example. Yes, it was but, a good um, example. <laughs> so we do, we do like that about it. From the Ivy League section, the pattern that I quite liked. I, I mentioned in episode 19, it is called the Cobblestone Trench Coat by Vera Valimaki. And thanks to Susanna, aka Talvi on Ravelry, who mentioned to us how to pronounce Valimaki, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm quite happy to pronouncing it correctly. But the Cobblestone Trench Coat is knit in one of my favorite yarns. It's the Rowan Lima, which is a chained oh, construction yes. yarn, which I really think helps garments knit in the alpaca-based yarn hold their shape. It's I've knit cowls in, in it, and even with really heavy wearing, haven't noticed much wear or pilling on the Lima. So I think it's a probably, even though it's so soft, it will end up being a good yarn choice for an outerwear garment because this is definitely an outerwear garment. It's a big trench, well, they call it a trench coat, but it's actually a feminized version of a trench coat. It's got a little swing built into the skirt and it has a wide, almost ballet collar and a big oversized hood, which is really the crowning glory of this jacket, that big hood yeah. that you can pull up and be cozy and warm. Um, I really like it. It's and cute. Yeah. yeah. It's got, I think, four button closures on the front, which you could probably easily modify if you wanted to close the cardigan all the way down. That was the only one I noticed, or that <laughs> I wrote down from Ivy League. What about you? I wrote, my favorite section, I would knit it all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the two that really stood out for me were the Trefoil Cardigan by Gudrun Johnston, Fingering Weight, Oh, it's, wait, I did write down I that one, too. It. Yes, it's I did, so too. It's so cute. Yes. It has a fair aisle yoke, and then it's a button-down cardigan, so it's knit from the top down with all the color work being in the yoke. It has long sleeves and pockets, 
It's knit in fingering weight yarn, and the yarn that she used is the Jamieson's Shetland yes. Spindrift. I, I take it back. I did write down that one. I, I just love, love it, too. Sweater. It's so sweet. I am going to knit that for sure. <laughs> and the other item I liked in that section is the Hilton Field Cow, which is actually mm-hmm. by Kate Gannon I love that one, too. Super cute. It's a yeah. lined cow. And I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about the author's, I have knit a Kate Gannon Osborne pattern. I did the oh. Selbu Modern Tam, oh, that's which right. is a colorwork yeah. tam that's very cute. That's right. Anyway, the cowl is knit in worsted weight, and they used Fiber Company Canopy Worsted for that. It has stripes on one side and a herringbone pattern on the other side. It looks very manageable in terms mm-hmm. of colorwork mm-hmm. and producing something really that like looks that very very skilled yeah. but isn't necessarily yeah. as hard as it looks yeah. so you could walk around saying look how awesome of a knitter well, I am. and if you're afraid of trying collar work a cowl isn't too big of a bite it's true so. <laughs> yeah so the, those two i would knit from that section definitely but the one thing i do want to add about the trefoil cardigan the one thing that i just absolutely love and i feel somewhat modernizes the design are the little side pockets Mm -hmm. the little side pockets and they've got little peekaboo contrast lining just like on my mom's vest wonder where we got the idea for that i just love i always i always say oh if you're going to line a garment make it exciting you make it different i love that so that's one of my favorite things they have a little picture in there of the peekaboo Lining and so I took one of happy. my FO pictures for this vest. Oh, Mon you did vest. that? I took a picture of it too. <laughs> I copied them. Excellent, yeah. And speaking of pictures in the book, excellent photography. I do agree. Not I only do agree. are the pictures beautiful and beautifully shot, but they show the garments. They do, and they have little. Little close-up pictures of every single detail the special on each features. single yeah. pattern. So yeah. if there is a motif, you have a picture of it. If mm-hmm. there's the peekaboo pocket detail, you have a picture of it. It's excellently done. I think in terms of photography, this may be one of the most impressive books well, and also, I've seen. Here's the leg warmers, and they show a picture of the leg warmers. They don't show you a picture of the model and the background and right. everything that's in the room. They actually have a picture close up of the leg warmers, which is what the knitters want to see. Right. So the photography in this book, yeah. total A plus in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the schematics are excellent as well. Did you notice that? Yes, I did. I'm Very s- well written. And the, the patterns themselves, I think the attention to detail in the writing of the patterns and the section, the way they section them out and mm-hmm. the charts and everything excellent work and so easy to follow i'm very impressed yeah i agree i think that the patterns can probably appeal to a very wide range of ages we were talking about this beforehand and saying that i could see students moms grandmothers i could see it appealing and being styled differently by different age groups but i could definitely see it appealing through a very wide range of ages which is excellent yes i absolutely agree it (laughs) makes the book much more useful for a wider audience it's not done in such a way as i look at it and think oh well, that's written for 20 something year olds. I'm right. never going to knit anything. Right. And I set the book back, the right. book back down. Right. One other overall, the, in the back, they had great instructions 
on techniques, including mm-hmm. even wet splicing. Oh, and we just talked about that <laughs> in the did. last episode. We did. Yeah. So I, that's the attention to detail that I found in this book that I was so impressed with. I mean, even wet splicing your yarn. I mean, yeah. how clever nice. is that? Nice. So I'm looking through my notes here to make sure I don't forget anything. Oh, the other thing. The overview page for each pattern not only lists all the different information for the yarn that I already described, they also give you the knitting needle size that they used. Of course, you might have to change it for your own gauge, but not just for the sweater. You know, often patterns will have, you need needle sizes one, two, and three. Well, this one tells you you need needle size this for this part of the sweater, Mm, this mm -hmm. for this part of the sweater, which I like that detail as well. I like that too. I like that a lot. Not that you wouldn't get that reading through the pattern, but <laughs> I have but it's nice on occasion, to have it presented to you. Well, true, because in some, I don't know if this is true for this particular book. I'm just using this as an example. Sometimes you actually knit the ribbing for an, a garment in, in a, a smaller, smaller needle size, right. and then you go up a needle size. And sometimes I haven't necessarily looked carefully enough to know that, right. and I didn't end up knitting my right. ribbing in a smaller needle size. This makes it easier because it's right there on the overview page. It's so just give your knitters as much information yeah. as possible it's very for helpful. them to have success. Yes, I agree. I agree. And then there was the Southern Comfort section of the book, too. Was there anything you would knit from Southern Comfort? I don't think I called out anything specific from Southern Comfort. Did you? Yes, I had one. I really liked the Spanish Moss Leg Warmers by Courtney Kelly. They're really cute. That might have been the picture you were open to just a moment okay. ago. Okay. They used the fingering weight yarn, Fiber Company Canopy Fingering, and it's an all-over lace leg warmer, and they're just really cute. They would look really cute with a skirt or, I don't know, just about anything. <laughs> you could knit them. I was picturing them also being really cute for a ballet dancer. Not that I'm a ballet dancer. But <laughs> <laughs> they're really cute leg warmers. I can see myself wearing them with Leggings, yeah, especially this time yeah. of year. Yeah. So finishing thoughts, Gail had mentioned sizes. I think most of the garments start in the low 30s. And then if you're on either side, either end of the size range, I would check the specific pattern I was interested in before purchasing for sizes, just because some of the larger sizes only go up to 40 and 48, and then I noticed there was one that went up to 61. So while there is a, a, a wide size range, it's different for a every pattern. pattern. So if you're on either end of the size range, double check. That's all. That's always a good thing to check for anyway. But all in all, I really like this book, and I haven't been excited about a book in a long time. In a while. Since Little Red Since, in the City. Yeah. Or, or no, Knit, Knit Red. Red right? Knit Red. But I really like this one, and I do hope to actually knit a few things from it. And I guess you I feel agree. the same way. I agree. <laughs> I would buy this book. If Interweave hadn't been kind enough to send us a review copy, I would have purchased it. And one bit of housekeeping before we end the episode. We are running over our hour <laughs> mark. For our January self-indulgent... I cannot speak. Self-indulgent <laughs> knit-along. Charlene and I were talking about this the other day, and I said, oh, because the holiday season is coming up, and if you celebrate any type of gift-giving oh, that's right. for the yeah. holidays, if price is an issue and self-indulgent knitting is not really high on your own priority because of prices, etc., 
it might be a good time to ask for a holiday gift that might be a little bit more than you would normally buy for yourself. So we were talking about that in terms (laughs) of self-indulgent knitting and what might help everybody want to participate in that knit along. So if you're putting together some type of holiday gift list, maybe add some yarn to that list. You can never have too much yarn. Oh yeah, (laughs) gift certificate. It's really dangerous to send a loved one into a yarn store to pick yarn out on your behalf. (laughs) Gift certificates are much safer, but just throwing that out there for an idea. And thank you again, everyone for listening. We appreciate you spending an hour or a little bit more of your week with us. Absolutely. And you know, I just want to say big shout out Big thank you to Ravelry because I feel like I we Ravelry. don't thank them enough. <laughs> and, you know, there are a lot of podcasts out there that always mention people's usernames. And we do the same thing. And it, when you think about it, it just blows me away that we can all say people's usernames. And universally, as knitters, we all understand that this is their Ravelry name. That's so true. It just... It, blows me away how universal it is and i just want to say thank you we love you thank you (laughs) and thanks to all of you listening have a great two weeks and we'll be back with another episode soon yes bye-bye you can find us on itunes at yarniacs podcast visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com we have a growing ravelry group and you can follow us on twitter at yarniacs Goodbye and good knits.